All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is February 2nd, 2023 and week 209. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the lord now as you can see from the title we will be continuing and ending our series tonight and it is titled the rose and the church and then we'll be talking about god tonight so uh we do have an early comment uh from david he says praise the lord everyone hope you're having a great day in the lord praise the lord to you too and thank you so much for tuning in. And so without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. And one more comment, Kiara says, good evening. So good evening to you too. And thank you also for tuning in. So now without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started. Thank you, ma'am. And let us go into a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, thank you for all that you did for us. Lord, we thank you for how you blessed us, how you watched over us, how you kept us, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you for how you kept us in our right minds, Lord. Thank you for giving us a mind to be in Bible studies, Lord, because uh, you know who we've been our entire lives. We were a people who were defying, a, defiant, a people who were contrary, a people who did not uh, find this interesting of people who did not even care to do these type of things. So Lord, thank you for how you continue to work on us. Thank you for how you did not give up on us, Lord, as so many other people have uh, walked in and out of our lives, Lord. But we thank you for how you promised to never leave nor forsake us, Lord. Give us that attitude towards you, Lord. Give us the right heart, the right mind, the right spirit, and the right attitude. Lord, we're hoping for an increase. We're hoping for you to continue to lead and guide us into all truth, for you to open our understanding, open our eyes, open our ears so that we may hear your word. Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens to us in this life, continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. So Lord, we're, we're praying all these blessings in your terrific name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Melvin told you guys already we are ending this series tonight. We're going to continue it and end it. Um, it has been a good series. I pray that it has blessed uh, each and every one of you. And uh, we're looking forward to more things to come. Um, so as I, as we always say, if you guys have any um, uh, topics that you would like to discuss, just let us know. Um, and we can discuss these things, um, especially those things that we have questions of, those things that we're we're wondering about, um, because that is how we grow. And so tonight we already discussed many different roles within the church, the preachers, the devil, uh, the congregation, um, uh, households. We, we've talked about so many different roles. And so tonight... We're going to talk about God um, and and we're going to approach this thing starting in the book of Isaiah, chapter 46 and at verse nine. Let's see what it says, Mel. 
Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God, I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. We're talking about God's job tonight. Now, uh, when I thought to do this, uh, I, I instantly thought about, uh, you know, oftentimes we probably would start, if we were going to talk about different positions in the church, we'd probably start with God, uh, but somehow ended up ending here. However, he tells us it's fitting, even in the book of Revelation, we talked about it uh, Monday night. He said he's the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Everything starts and it stops. It all starts and it ends with God. So he tells us here, he said, I want you to remember some things. You know, after we're done with this series, after we're done uh, with whatever Bible study, after we get home, uh, after the day's over with, after we finish shopping, buying, whatever, after you do everything that you do, he said, remember this, now I am. He said, he is God. Remember these things. We've heard this before. And he tells us he stood in the beginning and he could already declare to us what the end is going to be. You know, uh <laughs> This this reminded me of fortune tellers because that's what a fortune teller is supposed to do. Man. They're supposed to <laughs> they're supposed to tell you what's going to happen to you in the future. They they look at your palms and uh, they they're looking at all these lines in your hand. <laughs> My God, they're supposed to be able to tell you what what is going to end up like for you. But God said, no, this is His job. This is God's job to fortune tell for you, to tell you what the future is going to hold. And so I'm thankful tonight that I have a God who understands what it's going to be like up the road for you and I, because we're constantly every day we're trying to find out what's, what things are going to be like. Look, if, if, you're, if we're signing up for something um, or um, if you have to have a surgery or any type of procedure, if you have to go to the dentist and get a, a tooth pull, a filling, anything that happens to us in, a, in life, we try to find out about it. We try to go and get information from our friends, get information from people who've been through it. We want to know what it's going to end up like. We have someone, we have our God who can tell you, he can tell you just what it's going to be. He said he knows the thoughts that he has towards us. He's got thoughts of peace. Whatever it's like, whatever it's like, right now is not what it's going to be. I know sometimes things in our lives, it gets rough. It gets terrible. It gets horrible. But it's not what it's going to be. He stood in the beginning, he said. He already declared what the end is going to be like. We talked about it uh, Monday night. I'm trying to hold on for my end because I know 
the ending result, look, so, my God, sometimes right now, man, somebody might look at me and they say, oh, man, he ain't nothing. <laughs> oh, you don't have nothing. <laughs> why would I listen to him? Why would I, why would I pay any attention to any of that stuff he's saying? You know what? You can do whatever you wish. But I know what it's going to end up like because the fortune teller already told us. He's a fortune teller, man. <laughs> He's not reading our poems. He doesn't have to do all of that. He said he knows the very hairs. He knows how many strands of hair are on our head. So whether somebody say uh, he's bald-headed or not, God said he knows every, every strand of hair on your head. He's a fortune teller. I thank God it's his job to do that. You don't have to go. You don't have to go to the palm reader, to the crystal ball reader. You don't have to go to all those things to find out what the end is going to be like for you. So he said he stood in the beginning. Thank you, Lord. And he declared the end. He said, I am God. There is none, none like him. So that's that's who we're talking about tonight. We're on his job tonight. It's his job to tell you the future. As I said, don't go and waste your money. Somebody pulling cars and they're going to tell you your future. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Go to God. Go to his word and find out what the true end is going to be like for you. I talked to a man who, who wasn't sure about the things of God. And he felt as if he just couldn't know. He couldn't know what the end was going to be like. But you can if you talk to the right one, if you just talk to God, if you talk to him. So we're going to look at some things tonight because God, he has a pretty big job to fill. And he's the best one for the job. You know, uh, God, now we're going to move from here, but God, we understand that he created us. We understand he first created us. And mankind sinned. Then he had to send Christ to redeem us. And then after that, he had to send the Holy Ghost to bring us back. But now we're going to start off because, again, God created us. And we understand that. And so oftentimes you'll find him in the scripture referred to as our father, because that's the role that he played, our father. And any father, uh, natural father now, any father has some big shoes to fill because that child and their, their spouse, their wife, they're going to be looking for this father to supply some things, to produce some things, to do some things. That is a, is, is pretty big shoes to fill. It's a large role. I want to go right over to the book of Matthew, man. To the book of Matthew. And uh, let's see, once we get here. I think it's Matthew 11. Uh, no, Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7. 
and 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give, give, give good things to them that ask him? You know, is God being our Father, he's going to supply some things for us. He's going to give us, glory be to God, the things that we need to help us on this journey. That's what he's going to do for his children because he loves us. You know, I know there's a lot of fathers and I don't want all the women in the comments <laughs> to start naming anybody. But I, I understand that there are a lot of fathers, biological fathers, natural fathers in the world who have had children but didn't want to do anything for them. But God is not this type of father. He's a good father. He called himself the good shepherd in one place. He's a father who loves his own, who loves his children. And so us being the children of God, it's his responsibility to take care of us. It's his. Sometimes so many people feel that God does not love them, but they don't understand it's his job to love us. It is his job to love us. He has to because it's his job. Now, it's a choice. Now, he chose to do that. But the scripture tells us, and the reason I can say he has to is because the scripture tells us God is love. So if he is made of love, that's what's in him. We have to love one another because God has given us love. The scripture tells us we love him because he first loved us. And so any father who truly loves their child, they're going to provide some things. So here he said, if you guys, now he's talking about us as people. He said, if you guys are evil and you can give good gifts to your children, he said, how much more is our father? How much more is God going to give good gifts to us? We understand that God it tells us he reigns on the just and the unjust. He blesses even people that aren't living right. You can look around at so many people in the world that are not living the way God told us to live. They're scheming, plotting, lying, stealing, killing, doing all types of things that God said not to do. And yet, you can look at them and say, wow, they're prospering. Because God still blesses all of us. But now here, he's telling us, look, God wants to give you something. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost so that, so that you can make it back to where you really belong. So we can make it back to heaven. That's where we belong. He wants to bring, look, Lord, hallelujah. There is no father who truly loves their child, who doesn't want their child to be in their life. There's no father that truly loves their child that says, you know what, I don't even want you. So God, being that he loves us, Jesus told us in one place, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he told us that where he's going, he said he's going to bring us also because he loves us, because God desires us to be with him. He desires us 
to be with him. That where I am, you may be also. So this is the type of guy. He has to provide some things for us. And that's what he's doing every single day. The reason you're breathing right now is because God provided that. Sometimes we can look around and say we don't have anything. But we're, we're, we're saying that because of some things that we want that we haven't received yet. But God has given us so much. And on top of all the blessings that he's provided, he said, you know what? I'm going to provide for you the Holy Ghost. But, you know, before he did that, before he did that, he provided Jesus for us to redeem us. We, we quote the scripture often, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus. He provided for us. He had to give Jesus for us. Look at how much he loves us. It's his job now. It's his job. He's doing these things to teach us. See, as a father, a father should be able to teach their children. So God being our father, he said, I want to teach you about love. Not only did he tell us, but he demonstrated it for us. He went out and showed it. He committed his love. He proved his love. He showed it to us. By giving Jesus to die, we know what things Jesus went through. So this is the type of love that poor God, the fortune teller, <laughs> the creator, this is the type of love that he is displaying to us. He's giving us things every day, things that we don't even deserve, things that we disrespect, things that we don't even uh, take good care, of, good care of as we should. You know, oftentimes we'll get some things. It might be something we prayed for. It might be something that we hoped for for a long time. And then when you get it, you know, in the beginning, Melvin, we're excited about it. Oh, we're fired up. But after a while, we get so used to it. And now we mistreat it. Now we don't actually appreciate it the way we should. But you know what? Before God even gave it to us, he's seen that coming. He's seen it coming. And he still chose to give us all these blessings that we have. You know what? I, I think about it often because, and now I've been this way, but God has had to continually humble me about a lot of things. He has had to continue, and I thank God for it because he told us he chastises those that he loves. If he did not correct us, he said he's not a real father to you. A father's job is to correct. This is what, my God, this is God's job tonight, to correct us, his children. You know, oftentimes I've been to, to a different stores, especially Walmart, and you know, we love to park all the way at the front. Sometimes people, people who can walk now, because it is a blessing that you can walk. It is. There's someone out there praying for these things. And, you know, those of us who can walk, we, we have strength in our limbs, but we have to park right there at the very front. 
And we have to get out, leave our car and say, well, I'm just going right in. I'll be right back. Because we're too afraid to park all the way at the back because we said that was the only spot. So we said, I'll just park right up next to the building. This happens to us now because God has given us some gifts, given us some abilities that we now started to not appreciate the way we should. Because now we've gotten lazy. Now we say, well, I just didn't feel like walking. I just didn't feel like doing these things. But you know what? I say it all the time. If God were to take away the activity of our legs, you know what? We'd be praying to God, Lord, if I have to walk from the back of the parking lot at Walmart for the rest of my life, just to have my activity and my legs back, Lord, I'll do it. I'm telling you, God, every time I'll do it, even if it's raining. Even if it's not, whatever the condition is, Lord, I'll do it. See, God has to get us in a position where we begin to appreciate the gifts that he's given us. Look, I, I've, I've given children gifts before during Christmas time. And you know what? I, I, I gave, <laughs> I gave, a, I gave a, <laughs> one of my cousins a gift before, young, young child gift before. And you know what they told me, man? I don't remember the exact word, but I remember what he said because it upset me. He said, oh, I don't want that. And you know what? Thinking about, wow, you know, I really went out of my way to spend my money. I had to work for that. No one gave me that. I had to use my ability that God gave me to go and make that amount of money just to get that thing for you. And as soon as I give it to you, to hear you say, oh, I didn't even want this. It showed me just how appreciative not only that child was, that's how I've been. Because there's some gifts that God has given me, and I might not have said, I don't even want this, but I've shown that in my actions. Every time I'm too lazy to do what God told me to do. Every time I'm too lazy to do some simple things. Some simple things. You know, I thank God. <laughs> See, even in that moment, man, when I heard that, I said, you know what? <laughs> I wanted to take my stuff back. I said, well, don't worry about it. I won't get you nothing else. How about that? See, I thank God that he's this way with us. That as soon as he sees us neglect his gift, as soon as he sees us neglect some abilities that he's given us, even if we don't have everything somebody else has, but if we were to just use the little bit that he's given us, see, we've got to believe what God says. We find when he gave uh, the people the talents, the one that he gave five, when they went out and they produced, that using that five, God gave him five more. See, if you would just use what God has given you, we don't understand that he'll bless you with more. But he's wanting to see you use what you have first. But us as people, we can't make anything work. We cannot use what God has already given us. So tonight, my prayer, Lord, help me. I don't want to be caught neglecting the gifts that you've given me. I don't want to be caught doing that because God has truly shown me love. 
He has truly did so much for us. We talked about it one time. I don't even remember the amount, but I remember uh, you looked up, Melvin, how many breaths we take uh, in a day, in an hour, whatever it was. How, how many times our heart beats, how many times we blink. We do so many things over and over and over again. And as I've gotten older and I understand how cars work, you know, if you use this car over and over and over, after a while, you run into problems. When, it, when it's winter time, every now and then, your battery won't start anymore. Now somebody has to give you a boost off. See, what has happened is we use things over and over and over, and it wears those things out. After a while, you have to replace those things. So I'm looking at our bodies and I'm seeing just how many times we're using the same things over and over. How many times are we opening, opening and closing our hands, moving our arms, arms, twisting our neck? And God still is allowing us to do this. See, this is a miracle. Somebody doesn't realize this tonight. This is a blessing of God. But you know what? If God were like me now, if he were like me, and he's seen us neglecting these things, he said, just wait. I, won't, I, won't, I will take it from you. And every now and then he does. But see, God knows how to correct us in ways Tony doesn't. So I thank God. He stood in the beginning. And he declared the end. See, we serve an incredible God tonight. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. This is his job to do these things for us, to take care of us, to provide for us. You know, uh, run over, Melvin, to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, because many of us, we have a lot of complaints. We have a lot of issues. But you know what? God's job is to understand where we're coming from. See, oftentimes when we tell someone an issue that we have, they say, well, I don't see, I don't see it the way you see it. I, I don't understand that. I've never been in a situation like that. But you know, God, glory be to God. He understands where you're coming from. He understands our issues better than we understand them. He understands these things. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, let's pick up uh, verse 14 here, Melvin. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Hold on, uh-huh. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, mm -hmm. but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hallelujah. I thank God that he has provided Jesus now for us. And Jesus went through everything that we're going through. He went through it all. And so as a result, it says we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with our problems, 
He is touched. He's moved by the situations that we're going through. This is his job. This is what he came for. He came to say, look, I've been through it. He came to give us hope to say you can overcome it. But so many people have so many problems, struggling with so many things, addictions, homosexuality, uh, struggling with lying, struggling with stealing, struggling with fornication, all types of things. But God says, you know what? You know what? I've been tempted myself. And yet, he overcame. He's been tempted by everything possible. And he overcame. So we have not a God now who doesn't understand your problem. He understands your problem. He understands. And he's touched. Read that last verse for us, Mel. Uh, Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Lord, I thank you for help when we need it. You know, sometimes, Melvin, people, <laughs> every now and then we'll ask someone for help. And sometimes they might be busy. You, you might call somebody. You call them two, three times. Because you needed help with something. And that person might have been busy. So they could not reach out to you. And then they call you back hours later. And they say, oh, you know, what's, what's going on? And you say, oh, I already got it. It's okay. When you needed help, they were not around because they had something going on. Sometimes people just don't want to even be bothered with you. But God, he said, you can come boldly. You can come. Come knowing he's going to help you. He's not going to ignore you. He's not going to put you off. I thank God because this is his job to help us. Oftentimes, it's not people's job to do everything for us, but it's God's job to help us. So he said, you can come boldly to the throne of grace, casting all your cares upon him. The scripture said he careth for you. I believe it's in the book of 1 Peter. He careth. He cares for you. This is his job, being a good father. This is his job, being our creator, our redeemer, our savior, to care for us, even when other people, they don't seem to care. Even when no one else is around, even, (laughs) I remember somebody told me they were, uh, they thought that the rapture had taken place. And so they began to call around (laughs) and everyone they called, they seemed to ask. See, God is, He's still there even when you can't reach anyone else. Even when you've tried your best to reach someone, you've tried and tried. And nothing you said, nothing you did could reach them. See, God has a way of reaching us. We got to reach out to Him. He has a way of reaching people, though. I, I know it was God who changed my life. Because if it were up to Melvin, my life would not be changed. If it were up to my wife, my life would not be changed. If it were up to my parents, my life would not be changed. God had to reach me. This is God who we're dealing with. These are his jobs. I thank God for who he is. 
I thank him for who he is. I, and I know he won't change, but I hope and pray he does. I know he won't. I know he won't. I'm thankful that he won't. He promised to not leave us nor forsake us. So he said to him, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, he will give us rest. In the book of Hebrews, he told us there still remains a rest for the people of God. He still has some story and st- some things in store for us, uh, regardless of what things you got, what things we receive. We can say, well, I woke up this morning. It's a blessing. Sure it is. But God said, there's still more. There's still some things he's got for you. I, I mentioned it Monday in Bible said we love new things. Oh, we love something new. God said, there's a new thing I'm going to do for you. Just wait until you see. Just wait until you see what God has in store. I'm not a prosperity preacher. <laughs> but I will tell you the truth. He said, there's a rest that still remains for us. There's some stuff that God still has for us. But I'm, I'm holding on. Hold fast to the profession. I'm holding on because I want to receive what God said he has for me. I want to receive it. So when I need some help, I know who I can go to. You know, we have to come to him. He said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You know, one thing that us as people, and, and it's something that I had to learn, we got to learn to pray. And I'm not talking about it has to be at a certain time every day. See, the scripture tells us man ought to always pray. You know, there's so many times I'm walking around praying, people don't even know. It. We should be able to walk around and even in our minds, we're praying. We're asking God for things. We're asking him to continue to help our minds, continue to lead us where we need to go. Help us make the right decisions in life. Lord, help us to please you. We ought to be able to do this. But when you're riding down the road in your car, you ought to be able to pray. But when you go to the restroom, you ought to be able to pray. When you take a shower, anything you do, if you're walking down the street, Whatever we do, we ought to be able to be praying, coming boldly to his throne of grace. Because I know we have problems. You know, sometimes, man, we get beside ourselves. And we act as if we're so smart, we've got it all together. We're not making any mistakes. Look, I know we're making mistakes. Because if we're not, why are we still in the same condition? Oh, we're making mistakes. Oh, we're messing up. We need to come to God for help. There are problems we've been trying to fix ourselves, hadn't got the problems fixed yet. And we're still thinking, oh, I just need some more time. That's what it is. I, I just, no, we need to go to God to help us and say, God, what, would, what should I really do here? Because this isn't helping. Help me. Come, for, come to him. Come to him for help. And then we have to accept it. So I want to move now. Lord, I thank you. I want to move because God has a lot of jobs now. We won't get to all of them tonight. 
But I want to cover a few because I know for a fact many of us have this issue. I know it because I see it often now. Let's move over. Let's move over. Um, Let's go to Romans 12 and 19. Romans 12 and 19. Now, there are a lot. There are a lot of things going on in the world that God is displeased with. A lot of things. And I've heard Christian people. Now, they were not led by God to say this, but they claimed Christianity. They were not right, though, to say these things. But when someone commits a crime, especially when it comes to uh, things such as rape and murder and, and, and things of that nature, We are fast to say, uh, I hope they rot in hell. But you know what? We are jumping over God's job. See, it is God's job to take vengeance. It's God's job to repay people for the evil that they have done. See, I'm telling you this to help you. See, this is God's job, the fortune teller. He knows what the end is going to be like for that murderer, for any person who's dead wrong. And I want you to know we're no different from that murder because we have committed sins. He even told us if we hate one another. This is book now. He said if we hate each other, he said you're a murderer. We're no better. This is scripture now. But now, I want to read this verse, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Huh? Read that again. You you, you could not have read that correctly. Read that for us again. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Avenge not yourself. God must not know what he's talking about. If Mammon didn't read it wrong, God must not know what he's talking about. He said, do not avenge yourself. You know, isn't that what we've been taught, though? Oh, I got to get them back. I got to get my leg back. (laughs) Isn't that what we've been taught? But what we were taught was God's job. Somebody told us to do God's job. He said, don't avenge yourself. Our father, our father's going to get him back. Be for us, man. But rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. You know, every wrong thing that's done in the world, I know we get mad as people, but you know who's even more angry than us? God Almighty, our father, the creator the Redeemer, the Savior, the Judge, the Jury, and the Executioner. Look, he's upset about these things. Anytime you see something go wrong in the world, 
anytime someone wrongs you, I, I know we've had a lot of things wrong happen to us. Injustice is done by the police officer, the lawyer, the judge, uh, the jury, whoever we can think about, our families, our friends, our employers. I mean, the school, I, the list goes on and on. The list goes on and on. But you know what? Out of all of that, because you, our father, he stood in the beginning and he seen from the very beginning somebody was going to lie on you. He seen that from the beginning. He seen from the very beginning someone was going to steal from you. They were going to bust the window out your car. They were going to break in your home. They were going to do so many evil things toward you. They were going to lie on you. They were going to fight you for no reason whatsoever. They were going to dislike you. He stood in the beginning and he already seen it. And with all of that, he said, just hold on. Hold to, hold to the profession of your faith. Hold on to your integrity. Go to the throne of grace. Just pray about it. Just ask me for God and ask me to help you. Because he said, you know what? Help is on the way. I'll be there to help you in the time of need. Vengeance is his. Every wrong that we see go on in the world. I know right now you can look at it and you say, oh, yeah, they got away. Oh, all the evidence points to I know you can look at all of this. And we can say, yeah, they committed this crime. But the judge let them off. The court let them off. Justice was not served. The Lord tells us, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. God already knew what was going to happen. No one, no one will be able to pull anything over God. He said, vengeance is his. Read verse 24, Mel. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. Mm -hmm. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Mm -hmm. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Look at what our father tells us to do. Even in this world full of a lot of people who allow evil to overcome them. He said, you still show them love. Because, you know, th this shows if we truly trust God or not. If you truly can show people love. If you truly cannot wish evil on people. If you truly can do all these things. And just patiently wait for God's judgment. It's coming. And I want you to know, you know, a lot of times people are waiting for God's judgment on somebody else. <laughs> but we don't understand that his judgment is coming for us too. We don't understand that. They're not the only ones who did wrong. It's coming for us. So he said, don't avenge yourselves. Just wait on him. Give place to wrath. See, God is angry. When anyone does any crime, God is angry. Anyone does any sin, because not all crimes 
according to the law or crimes to God. Anyone does any sin, God is upset. I'm reminded of Stephen when he was stoned. The scripture tells us Jesus, he stood on the right hand of the Father. He stood up being so angry about the evil that was being done to his child. He watched as people stoned his child. He watched it. But it it didn't end there. It does not end there. Oh, he's coming for vengeance. It might take a little time. See, that's where we have a hard time because it's taking God too long for us. We want God to act right now. But God has given us an opportunity. The, the scripture tells us he's long-suffering. He's being patient, waiting to see who's going to change their life. Who's going to start living for him? See, it's his job to be patient. I'm thankful he's patient because if he had given up on me from the beginning, I wouldn't be here tonight. But so he's long-suffering with us. But I want you to know, judgment is on the way. Let's get this last, last book, Melvin. In the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Revelation 20 and that verse 11. See, the judgment is coming. This is what God's job is. Revelation 20 and 11. And you know, people always bring this up. They say, oh, God is the judge. Oh, he is. But we better make sure that we're not breaking God's laws. See, a judge is there to judge over people who broke laws. And so we can find where other people are breaking laws. But are we looking at ourselves? See, when when I stand before God, I don't want him to say, Tony, you just continue breaking the same laws over and over. You didn't even try to change. All you did was make excuses. I don't want God to say that about me. I don't want him to say that. Pick us up, Melvin, in 20 and 11, Revelation. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there Read was that fa- again for us, Melvin. And, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Now, a great white throne. This is the seat of the judge. You know, when I see <laughs> when I see them in court, man, when the judge, when the judge comes in, they say, all rise. You know, but this judge here, the scripture tells me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Look. <laughs> I don't think they're not telling them to rise, man. All the knees are going to, they might have rose at first, but every knee is going to have to bow to this judge. Because this is his job to execute judgment. So now they might have been standing at first, but they're going to sit, they're going to, to bow eventually. So now, great white throne, the judge is here. And everyone, now the scripture said, for from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. You know, throughout people's lives, the one person we try to get away from is God. 
whenever he's brought up, people don't want to talk about that. People don't want to hear about that. We don't want to discuss God. We don't want to go to, to church. We don't want to go to no Bible study. We don't want to do any of that stuff. If you say I'm wrong, look, just ask someone. See how fast you can get them in there. See how quick it'll happen. But if you ask them to go to the concert, to the movie theater, to the bowling alley, <laughs> oh, they're free every day. They don't even have a job now. <laughs> Free for us, man. And there was no, and there was found no place for them. Mm-hmm. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. See, they're standing now. They're standing. But they're going to have to bow to this God, to the true judge. But I want you to notice now, as we finish this thing up, he said, I saw the dead, everyone who had ever lived, all the people who had lived. See, look, even if you die, you can't escape God. Look, if you commit suicide, you're not escaping God. If somebody kills you, you're not escaping God. Nothing we do. Man said, look, if I go, if I ascend to heaven, look, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. There's no place we can go to get away from him now. We might as well face them now. We might as well line up right now. So he said, and I saw the dead, small and great. He saw children. He saw the middle-aged person. Uh, <laughs> we come over so so many different categories of people now. We've got newborns. We've got infants, adolescents. <laughs> He's seen all of them. <laughs> He's seen the young child, the teenager, the adult. Look, he's got all of them, the middle age, the old man. The <laughs> he's seen small and great. They all were before God, standing, standing before God to receive their judgment. Somebody came in and said, all rise, huh? <laughs> Everyone had to be there for this judgment. See, there there will be no escape. God has a record of everything going on. Look, don't worry about what some what wrong someone did. Don't let that destroy your life. Don't let that distract you. Don't spend the rest of your life trying to get someone back for something they did to you. Because your father, he already seen it. He knew it before you ever knew it was going to happen. And he already has plans. He already has plans. So he said he's seen small and great children and all. They all were standing before God. Read for us, man. And the books were opened. Mm-hmm. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Mm-hmm. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Everyone is going to be judged according to what they have did. Everything that we do, God is writing it down. He's, look, it's an autobiography. He's, he's having it written down. Everything we do. No one will escape this. No one will escape. 
pick us up in 13, man. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Mm-hmm. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Mm-hmm. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know, I, I, I actually missed the part I was looking for there. You already read it. Uh, in verse 12, he said, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Now, these are the books that each person wrote. Now, they didn't know it, but it was being written. That was the books that were written of their life, every action that they did, every thought that we thought. Those books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. That's the book we're reading right now. This is the law book. This is the book that will be just, but we will not. I know somebody out there <laughs> loves the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, but we're going to be judged out of this book. I know the Russians love Russia. We're going to be judged out of this book, though. This is the book. So if our life does not match this book, there's going to be some problems. So tonight, this is God's job. See, it's not Tony's job to put you into hell, and I don't want you to go there. But you know what? At the end of time, there's going to be a judgment. We all have a court date. It's already set. We don't know what date it is. It's a court date already set for us to stand on in trial. And you will not be able to bond out of this. <laughs> you won't be able to bond out of this. one. It's already set. So make it your mission. As we, we wrap up this series, we know our job, and now we know God's job. Let us make sure we do our job, because our job, we, we desire, rather, to be safe. So God bless you guys. At this time, I'll turn it back, <laughs> excuse me, into the hands of Mel. Bless you. Uh, all right. Um, let me. I'm going to acknowledge the comments that we had. Uh, Chelsea says, "Praise the Lord." Uh, Brian Ricks also says, "Praise the Lord, Saints." So, praise the Lord to you too. Um, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, Bridget says, "Good Father," and yes, um, she's talking about God there. And God is the best Father that we could ever have. And um, she also says, "Father, please forgive us for the neglect for us neglecting the gifts you've given us." And um, she also says, Lord, help me too. I don't want to neglect my gifts. Uh, Kiara says, help me, Jesus, to use what you have given me to give you glory. And that's exactly what we should do. Everything that he gives us, we use it to glorify and magnify him. Uh, Jeremy says, you got to work with the little you have and be thankful. Um, Scripture says we should all be content. Uh, Bridget says, praying all day. Uh, We don't know nothing apart from Yahweh. Um, Casey says he's also faithful, my brothers, and yes, he definitely is. Uh, <laughs> our old roommate Chris says, "Thank you both for the lesson. Miss you guys. Um, definitely, definitely, uh, Chris. Same here. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. 
And um, as uh, we both have mentioned, this is this was our last entry in this series, The Rose in the Church. Uh, we talked about the pastor. We talked about the congregation. We talked about the devil. We also talked about the household. And we're ending it, ending it tonight with God. So we definitely encourage you guys, if you have not seen them, to go back and watch them. Um, we talked about them in in Zoom and also in the live stream. And they're not, it's not a carbon copy. Um, this go, Tony went to it at a slightly different angle in each one of those. So they're definitely good to go and check out. Um, thank you to our commenters. We got David, Kiera, Chelsea, uh, Brian, Bridget, Jeremy, Casey, and also Chris. So thank you guys for the, the interaction. And I don't have much else to add. Um, I'm just grateful to what God has been doing in my life, even though I don't deserve it. And we are all deserving of hellfire because we all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. But he still saw fit to see me through. So that's all that I have to add. Um, I'm just thanking him for another day. And I'm grateful for everything that he's been doing. So. As my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good message each and every single week. We would love to see you guys join in sometime and all the time, really. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. And we have one more comment. Um, this is from Amy. She says, love the series. And we, we love that you stuck with us throughout. So thank you for tuning in. So again, until next week, if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys then. And thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.